Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online podcast brought to you by MMOBomb.com. I cut the music a little early there. Oh, well. Uh, you're uh, home for everything multiplayer related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. This is episode 464, doing it live, as always, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb. Come and join us. You never know what we're going to be talking about <laughs> pre-show and post-show. Today's pre-show discussion was if you go bald or if you gray, where those genes come from and what you do with your hair. So doesn't in fact impact anybody on the panel here yet, uh, but someday it might. So we were just having a lovely discussion with Chad on that. Has nothing to do with multiplayer games, so come and hang out. If not, uh, thank you so much for watching it on YouTube, MMOBomb.com, listening to it on Spotify, iTunes, all those places. While you're there, give it a like, a thumbs up, and of course, don't forget your weekly bombs and question of the week answers on MMO bomb and on YouTube. If you don't put them there, I got nothing to put in the show notes for those seg segments, which means I cut those segments. So let me know what you think on topics we discuss today. Joining me to talk about all the fun stuff, Ms. Quinlan Bowers. What's up, Q? Uh, not a lot. If it looks like I'm fidgeting, it's because Domino has decided to take up residence in my lap. So I'm just pestering him until he leaves. Yeah, ironically, it was your <laughs> conversations with the cat. That led to us then talking about male pattern baldness. <laughs> That's because th this is an old man. He's 15. So Aww. he's an old boy. Also, it it's hard for him to get up on things. Also on the line. <laughs> that happens to all of, <laughs> all of us men as we get <laughs> Bad Mike. Bad. <laughs> also on the line, Mr. Noob Fridge. What's up, Troy? Uh, I am busy today. I jumped straight out of a uh, virtual press event straight into the show. So uh, I'm busy video game journaling today. Yeah, he's like being all journalistic and stuff, covering, taking a peek at some Wayfinder stuff. Of course, we can't talk about what you may or may not have seen today or what we may or may have not have seen, not confirming or denying that we may or may not have been in a beta at some point. Of course, keep it locked and loaded so that you can uh, see any of our thoughts if if we have any uh on <laughs> on wayfinder as more information gets revealed we will talk about their trailer today because that was part of state of play though so yeah was the was the presentation cool at least like did you did you enjoy it was it neat uh yeah they, they showed off uh, a lot of stuff that oh. uh was fun to watch awesome Awesome. Well, we'll be looking for more information from you there when embargoes fall. Stay tuned. On that note, let's get started with the news. First up, we do have a lot of things uh, coming soon. Upcoming things. In fact, Sony's State of Play yesterday had a number of multiplayer reveals in it, including Wayfinder, which we just talked about, Destiny 2's official final launch trailer for Lightfall coming next week, uh, Suicide Squad stuff, confirmations there. Redfall had some interesting Q&A stuff going on outside the State of Play, as well as outside NCSoft and Throne and Liberty News. So let's kick it off with Redfall first, since this was kind of just, they posted like an FAQ, a, a brand new Q&A type thing. And while we already knew things, Troy, like, you know, yes, it's going to require an always online connection, even if you're playing by yourself. 
uh, and we had in an interview we had learned that even if you're in a multiplayer group with some friends, you're not going to be tethered together. You can literally just run off into the world, uh, totally separate from each other, if that's what you want to. This Q and A kind of focused on more the characters, how they'll work together, some like actual content stuff, difficulty scaling. Walk us through some of the stuff that was revealed in this new post. Well, uh, one of the big things they talked about is, uh, you know, they the heroes are built with a lot of synergies to really work in groups well, but they wanted on the first on the first pass of the heroes, they wanted to make sure that they played by themselves well and that they did solo well. So, so they built them with solo in mind and then came back in and added the synergies into the group. And I was a little concerned about, you know before this, uh, playing by myself versus playing with friends. What is it going to be like? You know, am I going to struggle by myself? And they said, they said no. Uh, that every, the difficulty is going to dynamically scale, uh, whether you're solo or in a group, and that each hero can play, you know, pretty much by themselves, and they've got synergies with themselves as well as with other players. And so for me, that was the biggest takeaway out of the whole thing was, okay, di- I've got dynamic difficulty scaling. So when I'm by myself, it's going to scale to me. But if I want some friends to join me as well, the difficulty is at least going to go up uh, for the group of us. Uh, they did kind of like they didn't they haven't had Q like a full reveal on monetization or anything yet post launch. Obviously, this is going to be a uh, buy to play game uh, and there's different uh, different bundles, different packages uh, uh, for varying rates. Some get you different cosmetics. So cosmetics and stuff like that did come up in this Q&A where they asked, will there be cosmetic character customization and will we be able to unlock any items through gameplay? coming from Aeon Flex, one of their uh, followers. The answer they gave here is a little interesting to me. They said, there will be several types of cosmetic character customization, full outfits, head accessories, and backpack skins. With the exception of pre-order bonuses, all cosmetics are unlockable through gameplay. They're all there as rewards for you to find or earn through playing the game. So as much as this game might look like it lends itself to the kind of like division two live service model. It doesn't, at least the way that's worded, it doesn't look like that's the way they're going unless they're thinking, you know, uh, experience boosts and stuff like that for potential monetization. Maybe this is one we get a box fee and then pay for DLC when the time comes, but we don't have that for sure yet. At least that's the way I read it. Am I, am I crazy? No, and it took me back a little bit when I read that. I was like, wait a minute, no, no, all the customizations available to buy in the game other than the pre-order stuff? I was like, well, what about the cash shop? Surely there's a cash shop. Why isn't there a cash shop? There very likely is, and the same items that are available to unlock in the game are also available just to purchase in the cash shop if you don't want to spend the time unlocking the items. Oh, I guess game. that could be it, yeah, because they don't yeah. say unlockable only through gameplay. They just say that all cosmetics are unlockable through gameplay. You may you may be on to something, Q. It's like you've covered monetization before. <laughs> well, and I mean, the, the thing about it is, is there are people that are very proud of going through and unlocking things via gameplay. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and they're, they're very proud of the fact that they, I, I'm one of those people. I much prefer to unlock things and do things via gameplay. However, you know... Either you miss unlocking it via gameplay and then it shows up in the shop later for you to just purchase or, you know, 
whatever but it's it's even letting people unlock stuff via gameplay it just it's easier for some people to just say you know what i'll throw down five dollars or twenty dollars or whatever to get this yeah. thing uh other and, and that's usually me usually if, if it's something i really like and i can grind it or i can just buy it if it's reasonable i'll, I'll throw i'll throw a few bucks at it <laughs> <laughs> you're such a sucker you're such a sucker yeah. Uh, some other notable things here, but they're shorter ones, is the game does have a day-evening cycle. We already knew that, but they, uh, users asked, does that affect gameplay? And they said, no, not really. Like, you'll still be able to progress through the game as normal, whether it's day or night. The differences you will see is, like, the types of enemies you encounter and what the encounters look like, depending on the time of day. So it doesn't look like we're going to have that, like quest from the priest outside the church that's only available until nightfall and then he goes and hides type deal mm. uh which which is nice i I'm, I'm glad they're not doing that uh they also asked about is are weapons going to be interchangeable or are they some of them going to be restricted to specific characters every character can use every weapon but some heroes have an affinity towards certain weapons which would be represented in their skill trees speaking of skill trees you are going to have to make decisions as you go through the game the first time. When you start doing the more difficult content, you are still going to be able to up your skills there uh, and uh, get initial talents, but you will not be able to unlock every node for a single character. Uh, and that is one that I was kind of wondering as we were seeing those skill trees unveiled, Troy, was... Okay, does this just like the skill tree doesn't matter once I'm playing mm -hmm. two star, three star, four star, whatever difficulty content and I've farmed up enough points that I can just, you know, have every skill on every character? No. So you are even in end game, post game, whatever you want to call it, you're still going to have to make decisions on what do I want to keep and, and what am I willing to bypass? Which is going to make character builds a lot more fun, I think, in my opinion, if you, if you can't just have everything. And you got to spec into something that's gonna it's gonna mean a lot more into what you're actually building your character as. Yeah. In other news for upcoming titles, before we get to the state of play stuff, Q, the worst kept secret in the world of MMORPGs did in fact become fact this week. Amazon Games is going to be the Western publisher for NCSoft's upcoming Throne and Liberty action MMORPG that does have crossplay. We've got a lot of little details confirmed. Some of those were weeks and weeks ago, but some people are treating them like they're new, so I'll put them all here for you. Um, we're also reporting, and Troy's going to write up a piece today on this one because it's just kind of breaking out of Korea uh, this morning. NCSoft might... Analysts are, are speculating NCSoft might delay this, but not by a lot. They just kind of, instead of being in the first half of the year, they might push it into quarter three. And the analysts are kind of thinking from rumors they're hearing uh, that that may have to do with getting away from things like Diablo 4 and, and getting the launch there. And they still haven't nailed down whether we're going to have a simultaneous global launch or if it's going to do like a... Lost Ark type thing, just on a much smaller time frame, right? Where it launches in mm. Korea and then launches everywhere else. We won't have to wait years and years between those two. Uh, happy, sad, indifferent Amazon games picking up Throne and Liberty Q. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we I was... we knew it was going to happen. Um, I don't 
this this falls into one of those games that I would probably dabble in, but not actually really play. So it's not going to affect me that much anyway. Troy, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty mad about it. Uh, at the end of the day, the publisher, as much as we like to blame publishers for certain things, they don't have as much say as you might think in some of the monetization and stuff like that. Uh, they can certainly make suggestions on you know the way things need to be, like in the West versus Korea. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, publisher is just a publisher, so meh. See, I kind of I kind of like this. And we, we have some comments in, on Twitter and on the site. Uh, Mooshine saying, well, I guess letting Amazon do it, it's better than Tencent or Cacao Games. Disnomia says, I was thinking about trying it, but now I will definitely pass. Uh, and, and I kind of differ from you a little bit on this one, Troy, because if if you think about the way Amazon has handled Lost Ark, they have pushed back against other monetization things that are done in the Korean version of Lost Ark that either they know flat out wouldn't fly here or would be detrimental. And then the ones that were like they kind of didn't know if it would fly or not, when they got player feedback that, hey, this isn't going to fly, they made changes to it before they came here. So I think you look at, we're going to talk about New World in a second here, uh, I think you look at New World and you go, at least to date, they haven't done anything pay to win in there. They seem to be able to push back against Smilegate when it comes to Lost Ark and get changes here in the West. Will they be able to do that against a you know a bigger body in NCSoft? I don't know. You may be right on that front that you're just pushing against too big of a company, but you are also Amazon. So, you know, you're a little big, too. <laughs> you just, you're a little <laughs> bit big, too. So I kind of like this. And again, I always like the idea of Amazon Games being a thing. Uh, and there was a time where I was like, they may not be a thing much longer. Because, like, all these projects just don't come out. They get canceled. They, they go back mm -hmm. into beta and then disappear. If New World doesn't do well, that's the end. And I kind of like them now as, as a publisher. And they're going to be taking on a lot of publishing duties, right? They're going to be picking up mm -hmm. the next Tomb Raider. They're going to be picking up a multiplayer game coming from um, one of their one of their like partner studios that they work with. Um, they're going to be picking uh, disruptive games. Yeah, whatever Disruptive's working on, which we know is a multiplayer title, but that's really all we know. Of course, they're going to be picking up Blue Protocol Q. I like them in this space. Their work, at least for me, with Lost Ark and molding the monetization more to a Western market, if they can maintain that across the board, I, I think I'm okay with Throne and Liberty going to, to Amazon. I think they probably make a better publisher than they do a developer. No doubt, yeah. And I think one of the benefits of having Amazon, obviously, is that, you know they already have this built-in massive, you know, server support and all of that 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 kind of lends to that um so i like i said i'm not i'm not really fussed about it either way just because like like somebody you know said that the 10 cent thing well one of the things about 10 cent right is that they don't really it, it, it in any other country but china they don't really make demands on the developers in their games they just let the developers do their thing um so, you know, it might be better to have somebody like Amazon 
that does go, wait a minute, now nah, this isn't going to work because, you know, this this is not the right region for this this particular kind of thing that y'all are trying to do. We need to change something. Yeah. Magic, which is not a 10 cent thing to do. Magic Slinky in chat saying, I think Amazon has yet to prove themselves as a publisher. And I think, Troy, that's a fair statement. I can look at what they've done with Lost Ark and say, I'm happy with what I've seen you guys push back against you know, the communication, like I'm happy with the way you've done it. But to Magic Slinky's point, they don't have that long track record of mm. of doing this yet. So I think it is fair to say that they need to prove themselves as a long-term publisher. It's very easy, I would imagine, for a company like Amazon to push on a company like Smilegate. There's just a huge power differential there. Mm. Now that they're kind of getting in bed with Bandai Namco, NCSoft, It'll be interesting to see if they have that same clout. Of course, they have a ton of money and power, too. I'm not taking that away from them, but they are going up against a bigger opponent if it's still not exactly an equal fight. Troy just stunned into silence. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm still mad. I'm still mad on it. Uh, I think I'm with Magic Slinky and the fact that... Uh, you know, long track records. Still waiting to see what they do long term. Like you said, with the with the bigger with the bigger game developers and stuff like that. I think it's I'll fair. Admit, I'll admit that I giggled at that particular quote when I was reading through the thing with um, them saying, you know, that they're one of the most reliable partners for publishing. Yeah. Like, really? And operations, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> for everything okay. but games, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> We got hella servers. <laughs> yes, we, oh, yeah, we do. got the we got the servers. <laughs> yeah, we we can't keep our own games up and running, but we got the servers. But I mean, like I said, I think they, that that it, it's not that I'm like, oh yay, Amazon publisher. I just think publishing might be a better niche for them than actually trying to make their own games. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree here. Now, whether there'll be a long-term multiple title success, to Slinky's point. I think that's fair to say. Let's wait and see a little bit. Uh, we're sticking with Amazon Games here for a minute, though. Uh, Troy, I got to ask you, man. You are like the biggest New World fan I know. Um, you liked it since launch. We all agreed mm. the, the bones were there. You stayed mm. as they added more meat to those bones. You really like it. What do you think? They announced this week that they're going to a seasonal model with a battle pass that has a free track and a paid track. Um, all kinds of items and goodies in there. What do you think of this kind of shift in in the design there? I'm a little surprised it, did, it took this long to happen. I'm a little surprised it didn't happen sooner because they don't have a subscription fee. It's just one of those where you you, you buy the game and you play it forever. So, you know, at the end of the day, something like this was bound to happen. I don't think it surprises anybody that they're going to the seasonal the seasonal pass. Um, some of the things that are in the seasonal pass are questionable right now. It was supposed to go up to the PTR yesterday. Yeah, but they found delayed. A, yeah, it got delayed because they found something at the last minute where they couldn't uh, get it up. So, uh, couldn't get it up. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's two. There we go. It's just one of those days. Um, but yeah, so we're waiting to see on the PTR some of the stuff like um, they're talking about like loot drops and, and 
possible like gathering boosts and things like that that could be maybe a little bit iffy but they're, what they're saying is that it, like some of the stuff is like longer duration but shorter percentage than stuff like that you can actually craft in the game uh that it's like less powerful versions of what you can craft in the game anyway so we're just kind of waiting to see kind of some of the stuff that's, that's actually on the season pass but as far as having a season pass itself it doesn't bother me um I'll, I'll probably pay for it and get some of the sexy cosmetics and stuff out of it I all right so you're an absolute new world just absolute simp you just you you and, you and and new world is together forever forever Ugh, you're actually gonna pay for their battle pass yeah probably I, so the, i think there's still only to this day one game that i pay for the battle pass in and that's the or the season pass and that's rocket league uh and i, I probably don't even need to do that i just like getting the free extra well, it's not free, but the extra decals and cars and stuff like that. Even in Fantasy Star Online 2, which was another MMO that I paid for the season pass, uh, I only paid for the first one because then I was just farming up currency through the season pass and purchasing the next one. So I just kept rolling it over. You can't quite do that with Rocket League, but you can get close. It's it's mathematically done in that glorious way, Q, that always leaves you with 400 credits left over. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, they also released a roadmap for 2023, looking at season one, Fellowship and Fire. That's the first season coming up. Blood of the Sands, season two in the summer. Season three uh, in the fall, four in the winter. No titles for those yet. But I think maybe most interestingly here, an expansion slated for fall were you surprised to see that one troy uh, a little bit uh i was also surprised to see that mounts are going to be included in that yep. i didn't i was already to the point where i was like well we're not going to get mounts this year and then i saw or I, excuse me i missed that at first in the roadmap when i wrote it up i missed the mounts part and one of my buddies messaged me. He's like, hey, man, did you see the new roadmap? I was like, yeah, I just wrote it up. I was like, I wish there were mounts in there. He was like, dude, you need to reread that. <laughs> he, he was like, you're the best journalist ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> Look at that a little closer, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw everything except like the one thing that I wanted to see is the one thing I just, I just, my mind just blanked it out for me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, under the expansion for fall, they have new story, a zone transformed, new expedition, Mounts, new weapon, new uh, heart rune, and gear score increase. Gear score increase. And they do put the usual qualifier cue on this one saying, like, the roadmap may change. But what is interesting to me is they kind of go the other way than we see most companies go with this statement, the back half of this statement. Because it says the roadmap may change and does not include all planned content. So where we usually see that, hey, this may change, things may move, we may have to remove things from this. <laughs> we got New World here saying, hey, uh, things may change. And by the way, this isn't all we have planned. <laughs> like, There's other content we're working on here. So basically, they want to surprise you. Yeah, what? Looking at the roadmap, though, what, <laughs> what could they possibly add that would surprise you? Like, You know what? You, well, I, I, I don't because I don't play this game, so I don't know what people are looking for in it and what's missing. Mounts other than and they mounts. miss them. They're looking for mounts and they miss when them. When they add mounts, add other caravans. than apparently mounts, but like for add everything caravans. else, and what caravans got to add caravans in with the mounts. So at this point, they, why they, don't you Joey, just go you got play a reason PDO to be out in the world? 
<laughs> Troy, at this point, why don't you just go play BDO? I mean, it sounds Cause that's, like... Because that's Korean pay to win. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. You want American pay to win. Fantastic. That's right. I, I got I'll it. Take my, I'll pay, <laughs> take my pay to win in American. Thank you. Uh, that's Korean pay to win. Hey, uh, Amazon, how much is that battle pass? Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I Let me throw you, you some money. <laughs> I got you. Uh, Sony State of Play, last two upcoming things. Sony State of Play was yesterday. Obviously, Destiny 2 and its reveal trailer was there. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that today. Release is next week, so I'm sure we'll have more opinions on that next uh, Always Online cast. But the trailer is up on MMO Bomb, and it's fantastic if you want to check it out. Uh, other multiplayer stuff in the State of Play, we had Wayfinder. Uh, we were mentioning this prior to the show and at the beginning of the show here. A new trailer for that. Closed beta arrives on the PlayStation 5 in four days. You can sign up on the Wayfinder uh, website now to be entered into the pool. It is a closed beta, random drawing type deal. So it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get in, but you'll be entered into the pool. And then we're going to be having early access in May for this free-to-play game. Right now, it's billed as a no-wipe early access. Of course, those types of things could always change. But we are just three months away from some, uh, from some early access Wayfinder queue. They kept this one uh, hidden for a while. Why do I have this trailer up? I need this one. Boop. There we go. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and actually show you <laughs> Wayfinder <laughs> instead of Suicide Squad while I'm <laughs> talking about Wayfinder. Let me just switch that for you. We're only a few months away from some dungeon delving queue. Only a few months. Are you surprised? Because it was only, what, mid to late last year that we even heard of Wayfinder. I mean, not really, because one, my sense of time is just totally broken. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know when things happen anymore. But also, I mean, we've seen, we've seen games launch just straight up launch without any kind of announcement yeah really in the past and stuff so it's not shocking to me um i think you know since it's like you know digital extremes is involved they're also like a company that they're not going to roll something out and present it to you until they feel like it's you know like that until they feel like they're close enough they're not going to be making a million changes yeah, it, I, I, to it like a lot of other developers. Oh, we're we're announcing this now, but it won't come out till ten years from now, and by yeah. then it'll be a completely different game than what we showed you. And, <laughs> and I actually gave it a little more of a window than we actually had the first time. We this was teased when Digital Extremes teased and showed off a little bit of Soul Freight, their their fantasy MMO coming out uh, later. This was teased then as they were working with Airship Syndicate on a partnership. That was all we knew. We didn't see anything specifically, you know, with Wayfinder or what type of game it was even going to really be until the video game awards in early December of last year. So, Troy, it's it's even like a tighter timeline than I originally thought in my head. We're only like two and a half months removed from knowing what this was. And now we're two and a half months removed from a no wipe early access. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to really getting hands on deep into it. Uh, hopefully very, very soon we'll be able to talk more about it uh, than we can at the moment. 
being very coy, being I'm very being coy. very I'm being very careful. Being very coy. I'm, try, I I'm trying. I'm trying. Literally to, just got done being told. I'm trying to pull it out of you. Like I'm trying. I'm trying so hard, chat. Why are they all generic gun users? Are you talking about in Wayfinder? Uh, I just saw dudes. Oh, you guys are talking about. <laughs> Uh, suicide Squad, because I had the trailer up. So, yep, looking forward to Wayfinder. I guess let's talk about Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, this was kind of the headliner at the uh, Sony State of Play. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, coming from the Batman Arkham Knight team over at Rocksteady. Spent some time with uh, watching uh, studio product director Darius Sedge again. Sedgehian, Sedgehian, Sedgehian. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Darius. Darius uh, telling us about Metropolis and Harley Quinn and King Shark, Captain Boomerang, Dead Shark. Up to four player co op. You can play solo. You can play in groups of two, three, or four. No local, but there is uh, online multiplayer as well. All right, I got to say, one, I probably wouldn't really be all that into this game anyway. Uh, even back when it was first announced, I'm just not a huge comic book guy. Um, but that said, I did buy and play Marvel's Avengers because I do like that kind of grabby, looty game. Um, whether it's Division 2 or Redfall or whatever, I like those types of games. And so I gave Avengers a shot. Boy, did that not pay off. You all know that mm -hmm. to the point that even the game director said, I'm sorry about that this week in an interview. The, the former game director after he left. So I don't know if this one would have necessarily been for me to begin with. But I've been watching the feedback. And, and if you see something differently, you know, maybe I'm in very particular areas looking at feedback and I'm accidentally catching myself in an echo chamber of people that are upset and not realizing as such, I think it as more and more has been revealed, like the hype for this one, which was really high to begin with, just seems to be like going down across the board from feedback I'm seeing. Is is that just me? No, it, it's everywhere I've seen too. People are calling it like a mix between Anthem and uh, and Marvel's Avengers. And it's just like the next live service failure waiting to happen. Uh, is is what I'm getting uh, from everywhere that I'm seeing. They put up an FAQ as well, and for the most part, Q is general stuff, right? Who's publishing it? When's it going to release? It's May 26th. Uh, what platforms? Crossplay? Like all the the usual suspects are are in there. But then they also start getting into: Does it feature multiplayer mode? Yes, solo or up to four players in co-op. Can you go through the entire game as the same character? Yes. Can the game be playable both solo and in co-op? Yes, the full game is balanced to be able to do that with one player or four. Does not support local. Does have cross-play. And yes, an internet connection is required to play it, just like Redfall, which Redfall took some flack for this one already, so this one's just going to take more flack being a little more in the public eye than Redfall. It does require an internet connection, whether you are solo or co-op. Uh, and they have a weird sentence here about you don't need the PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live memberships to be required to play Suicide Squad uh, solo. Uh, but you will have to have those if you want to play online co-op. So 
the the answer there just should have been yes. (laughs) 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 They tried to frame it so that they could answer the question as no by saying, Q, you can play solo without those being there. But if you are actually going to play this with friends, yeah, you need those memberships. Um, It... (laughs) The game will have a cosmetic-only battle pass system to earn new outfits, emotes, and other items to customize playable characters. Each battle pass will have free tiers available at no cost to all Suicide Squad players, along with premium tiers that will be available via an optional in-game purchase. All battle pass items will be cosmetic, not affect gameplay in any way, will not have loot boxes, and they will also have cosmetic items available for optional in-game purchase that can be used to customize characters in addition to the all-cosmetic battle passes. They're all optional, will not affect gameplay. Like, they keep restating that over and over. So what I think some people expected is absolutely, Q, not what they're getting. This, basically, yesterday's reveal confirmed this is a 100% live service game. Like it is absolutely a gear. There's a gear score in there that you're going to be grinding. You got the battle pass. Like it is 100% a live service game, very much in the vein of what Avengers tried to do. That doesn't mean they, they can't do it better. They certainly could. And Rocksteady has a decent reputation, but I don't think this is what people were expecting initially. And that has been a huge factor in the, the kind of downward trend on feedback I've been seeing. Well, just based on our chat alone, I'm not really convinced that all the, the the negative feedback is just because of those things, but more so because the gameplay does not match what you know of the characters. Like how, how so? Well, like to call saying, why does King Shark have a gun? Because <laughs> he just eats things. Like the care like they basically put the suicide squad together gave them guns didn't really worry about i get like the way the characters exist in in the dc universe yeah now they're and, all and that shot. means a lot to people like that that's the important thing when it comes to to these comic book characters and stuff is that they have traits that everybody is familiar with over years and years and years and that's what you really care about like if anything i imagine a lot of people who do buy this game are going to be buying it to play dress up harley quinn <laughs> like that's 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 kind of what it's looking like it's going to turn out to be to me because like it just seems like if you're going to it, and even say the mcu right one of the reasons people for the most part, never really got super angry at, at a lot of stuff in the MCU is because they, even though it's a different universe than the comic universe, it stays true enough to the characters that you remember, the traits that you remember about the characters to 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 not just be like, oh, well, they just, you know, totally fucked off and decided we don't care about how these characters are supposed to be and why people like them. And characters that are tied to things like suicide squad are tied into the gotham universe you know and and stuff like that in dc people expect certain things from them so it's just it's weird that they're that they basically took a bunch of of gotham related dc characters and turned them into a shooter game (laughs) 
Yeah, so for me, it's just weird. Like, again, I, I want to give Rocksteady the benefit of the doubt. I have enjoyed and thought that they have done very well with previous projects. They uh, they love this source material, obviously, right? They, they've been dealing in the DC universe like this for years and years. I don't think that just because a game based in, you know, Marvel's Avengers or the DC universe like this, the Suicide Squad universe like this, I don't think just making it a live service immediately makes it a bad game. I do think you have a tough road to sow marketing-wise when it looks very much, Troy, that you are trying to do with Suicide Squad what Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics tried to do with the Avengers and seeing how that fell out. Now, again, if they're, try if they're avoiding certain pitfalls that Square and, and uh, Crystal Dynamics walked into willingly they'll probably be in a better place uh, with their end product, no doubt. I'm not saying it can't work, but I am saying that it probably was like, when they were working on this two years ago and they saw what was going on with Marvel's Marvel Avengers, they were probably like, shit, shit, this game's going to be so hard to sell now. <laughs> and it's not helping that right now, kind of like his Q touched on there, for a lot of fans, they're missing the mark on their favorite character. Um, King Shark with a gun, Harley Quinn running around with a gun, flying around with all the mobility and all that. And suddenly Captain Boomerang is fine using a jetpack. They all have jetpacks and they can all fly around and, and Boomerang's using a gun instead of his boomerangs there. They all look like Deadshot out there running around. Uh, so, you know. I think if you're looking you forward the to this game, I hope it's good for you. I, I legitimately do. And I think it could be. I just think they're not doing the many, themselves any favors trying to market this type of game right on the heels of just how poorly Marvel's Avengers did by doing a very similar build slash model. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Before we get to a couple of news pieces that just make me laugh, I want all of us to answer the question of the week that we had for last week. And that was your underrated multiplayer or MMO, MMORPG. Q, what in your gamosphere do you feel is a little bit underrated, maybe a little bit shortchanged, and you think people should check out? You know, I thought about this, and I don't really have a current one because the two games that I play are probably two of the most popular games that are existing right now as far as MMOs and multiplayer. Yeah, like FF14 going. and Genshin. <laughs> Genshin Impact. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, Q, you know, I don't I don't know if you can see this. Hold on. Genshin sent me a box this week. <laughs> did, what did you get in the box? Can you this see the time? square box that's in the like on in that stack? On the right hand side there. This right here. I mean it's a one seventh scale Klee figure. Oh, <laughs> Justin would fight you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a Funko. It's not a Funko pop. No, none of their Funko figures pop. are Funkos. They're 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 very nice figures. <laughs> like Anyway, hey, anyway, so you're, you're underrated, Q. Like I said, I don't, I don't really know that that I have one just because of what I play. I mean, obviously, you know, if you go further back, then my heart still belongs to uh, Secret World, which 
I mean, was underrated by its own developers. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weirdly, the like primary site because mm -hmm. uh, disappeared uh, in like the last week or two has some fans playing the original server version. Still, a little worried that that might be going somewhere soon. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, it would be very easy for me, I think, to say Final Fantasy XI, but since I talk about Final Fantasy XI a lot, and you, if you're listening to this cast, and you've listened to me talk about Final Fantasy XI a lot, you're probably like, Mike, that's not underrated. You talk about it all the time. So I'm going to go with Dark Age of Camelot. I think even in 2023, there is, if you have never played Dark Age of Camelot, and there is some free aspects to it that you can go and check out, uh, there is still an awful lot of fun to be had there, and you will be surprised by some of the systems if you have not experienced them in the past. Um, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil things for you, but Dark Age of Camelot, I don't know if it's going to become your new game or anything. I don't think it will, but you'll definitely have a couple of weeks of enjoyment potsing around in there, particularly if maybe you came after the, M the dawn of MMORPGs and kind of missed that whole era. That's definitely one that's still around today, underrated, that you can check out. What do you got, Troy? You know, for a lot of years, my answer to this question was the same, and it was always Rift. Um, going back now, though, Rift without the development and the time put into it to bring it up to date and keep it up to date, um, I think it's right where it belongs nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. That's why I didn't say Rift either. Yeah. It hurts my heart. But, but that, that was my answer <laughs> to that question for a lot of years uh, for that. But now uh, I'm, I'm enjoying Lord of the Rings Online. I think that it's tremendously underrated. There's a lot of deep systems, a lot of storytelling going on in that game, a lot of content to play. Um, sure, the graphics aren't bleeding edge, cutting edge. You know, the, the combat's a little janky at times. Uh, there are occasional lag spikes. <laughs> I'm supposed to be selling you on this game, right? Uh, but as far as immersion and being in the world, Lord of the Rings Online has a lot of stuff going on that a lot of current MMOs and modern, what you would call a modern MMO, just don't have anymore. Uh, hold on, I'm just putting up a little... I, did think, I think Mike's trying to show us something here. <laughs> <laughs> trying to put up a little, a little something to kind of, you know, help, you, help your point, Troy. You know, Rift... Yeah. Rift, uh, you know, this is the old right, right where it, right where right. it should be. Now, Let I me think. just put that right over your face while you talk. Yeah. <laughs> no lies, yeah. right over your face. Right what a what a waste of a tremendous game. Two hundred and one on the Steam charts. Oh, by the way, uh, if you play on Steam, you now have to link your Rift and Trove accounts to Glyph. You have to if you play via Steam. And they're giving uh, like free days, and they have the twelfth anniversary presentation or uh, events going on right now. But uh, yeah, you've likely done that event multiple times already. I was shocked they even bothered to announce an anniversary event. Honestly, I was too. All right, a few things that just make me laugh in the news this week. Dota went ahead and honeypotted the crap out of forty thousand cheaters and followed them up by banning them. <laughs> it <laughs> there has been uh, Valve has been fighting with cheaters in multiple games, most notably maybe Team Fortress 2 lately. But now in Dota 2, they've noticed uh, a particularly rampant cheating software 
that has been reading things in the background while you play the game that aren't actually normally read by the client when playing a game. So how do you make sure that you isolate the cheaters in that scenario? Well, what you do is you put a section of data in a little honeypot that is made to never be read by anything except a program, a third-party program, tapping in and reading things that aren't generally read by the client, a specific data point. And it's never read during normal gameplay, but the cheating software would obviously read it as part of what it's grabbing. And so they said, yep, this is all in a secret area in the client. Only the cheating software would read it. And then they just sat back and watched to see whose PCs or whose game accounts read it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they would just ban, 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 ban. Knocked 40,000 players uh, or accounts off the boards right away. And they said they're still going to do more uh, because people obviously keep coming up with new ways to cheat. Mm, Obviously. It's always something new. This makes makes me laugh. Q, what's going on with Genshin, though? I mean, I kind of chuckled at this, but I don't know if this goes anywhere. I mean, it obviously, it's not uncommon for people to data mine and leak things about almost any game. Uh, and, and that happens with Genshin a lot. You see, oh, such and such character is going to be coming out or um, whatever. And they're most often correct with when they do it. Um, but obviously, Hoyoverse, um, they're not really happy with people like posting their business on Twitter. Yeah. A- a- ahead of time. Um, so they've, you know, decided that they're going to their their legal division is asked for a California court to subpoena Twitter to get the information like all the information on three specific accounts that are most known for sharing this this kind of information and we don't know that they're actually going to do it but it it involves everything down to the people's like phone numbers (laughs) right um i can't imagine this working like I, I think if you're Twitter, right, you just just say sorry, uh, Your Honor. I mean, no. <laughs> if you're Twitter, your house is on fire anyway, so yeah, you've got true, other too. stuff to deal with. Um, you're you're too busy making it so that Elon Musk appears on everybody's timeline, whether they want him there or not. Right, but like, so here's my thing: like, you can't, and this is happening in the United States. So this is, you know, I understand the laws generally. Obviously, not a lawyer or an expert, nor am I giving any legal advice. But you would have to show that you would have to prove essentially that they are obtaining the information in an illegal manner. If they're just data mining a client, then that's on you. Secure yeah. your client. Don't put the things in there. You know they can be taken. They're, even if they are the ones actually doing the data mining, which they may not necessarily be either, right? They may just be taking data mine material from person A and posting it on Twitter account B. Uh, it, it may not even be data mined by them. Now, if they're violating an NDA and they're part of some internal thing, then yes, of course, there, there may be legal repercussions there that would allow you to get this information. But Troy, I don't, I, in the absence of that, Troy, I, I don't know if you know, 
Twitter complies with this. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to. I don't know that they're going to really have to. Uh, that's a big, awful big entity you're trying to take on to for you know a few bad apples. Magic's linking asking, what can you leak about Genshin? Well, you can obviously leak upcoming content, but one of the biggest ones, and I would imagine what probably is pissing Hoyaverse off the most, and Q, you can correct me if you think I'm off base here, being more in tune with Genshin than I am personally, I would imagine that, yeah, they don't like having their content and story and stuff like that spoiled, just like no other company does. But I would imagine their biggest concern is that when the banners are leaked ahead of time, that allows people to stop or slow down spending money currently if they start seeing characters coming up in the next banner or the next two banners that they really, really, really want to go for. Uh, and instead of just compulsively spending the money now and trying to get whoever is happens to be in the banner now, they stop spending to save up all their gems for future banner pools instead. So it hits the revenue stream is what, what I, my guess would be. Yeah, that that would likely very much be part of it. And that is the thing, right? The big, like, obviously the story announcements and stuff like that are really big for Genshin because that's that's a big thing is like where you're going next and all of that. But every, almost every update has a couple of new characters, sometimes three, um, but at least two new characters every time. And each of those characters has their own banner. And then there's also like and they sit there for a while right like each of those two or three the way they rotate them out now to kind of give you a little bit more and then there's always that one banner that just sits there and sits there and sits there with like the same three or four characters on it that has never gone away since the game started <laughs> that other people just obviously people are rolling on it or they would swap it to anything else Right, but they you roll on it during your downtime, right? When you're not trying to get you know the the latest character, and there's so many characters that there are definitely ones you don't want. Like I'll look at I'll look at it and be like, I'm not really concerned about getting that one. <laughs> like you know, right. so if you know that, like, well, you know, like like in my case, right now, I now I know that um, a character I've been waiting on for a while by Zoo is coming out. Now that I know this, I'll be like, well, I was kind of rolling on Hu Tao just to get Hu Tao, but I, I don't really care about Hu Tao as much as I do this other character. So I'll just set up my gems. Yeah. And if you know that Baizu is coming out, like he was announced to today, yesterday, right? If I know he's coming out two months ago, then I'm just not rolling on Hu Tao for two months. Yeah, <laughs> like, because a, a more you might like the current character that's on offer, but you've really been waiting for that next character. I'm not spending any of my gems on somebody I like when I'm going to go after somebody I really wanted type deal. Uh, Bungie won $4.3 million. Uh, at least in the judgment, obviously still subject to a possible appeals and things like that, uh, against AIM junkies, the cheat seller that they one of the cheat sellers that they were going after. And while a lot of we reported on back when it happened, a, a lot of the claims were dismissed. The judge threw them out. They did allow the uh, the one circumvention rules portion of Destiny's claim, Bungie's claim, to be adjudicated. And in fact, they won. $4.3 million uh, from AIM Junkies. They are also actively suing a, another cheat 
creator uh, organization for $6.7 million right now. And we don't know where that one will go. Uh, but the AIM Junkies one, at least, has an initial decision pending an appeal. That's a pretty big score, Troy. Like four point whatever million dollars. Bungie doesn't. I'm sure they'll they'll take a couple million dollars, but at the end of the day, yeah. they're being bought by Sony. Four million dollars is 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 nothing at the end of the day. This was not about money for them, in any way, shape, or form. That was going to be meaningfully recouped. Four million is nothing to sneeze at, but it's also you know two lines on their P and L at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. This this was about going after the the cheaters themselves and making them uh you know pay for pay recompense for what they've been doing to the game and ruining the game for uh both the developers and the players it was about going after them and uh making sure justice was served and i'm glad to see uh that finally at least like you said before appeals and things like that justice is being served for once we'll have to watch how the the other uh, lawsuit plays out now uh, and last but not least, I mentioned it earlier, Marvel Avengers former creative director apologizes for the game. Uh, obviously not working there anymore, but former creative director of Marvel's, uh, Marvel's Avengers, Cesar Vertosu, uh, was doing an interview with um, Edge magazine. Uh, and they were talking about other projects that Cesar is working on now. But the topic of Marvel's Avengers did come up. He did not want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very short. All he says was, that was a challenging production. I apologize for that. That's it. And I don't Sorry. think it gets any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slide over and do the weekly bombs. What do you got, Q? I'm actually going to give a debunk to HoYoVerse for finally giving me a character that I've been waiting on for <laughs> I I don't even know how long now. Yeah, see, and if you were uh, following the <laughs> leaks, you could have been saving gems. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it it is what it is. <laughs> I'm going to give an A-bomb to Activision. Yeah, and I mean, there's an awful lot that I could do on this one, but... I'm going to give it for not notifying employees of the HR hack breach that we talked about on last show or the one before. I don't remember. Uh, they apparently did not. This happened in December, and the employees just got notified last week. It was uh, in addition to some Call of Duty stuff, it was employee information that was accessed. Uh, now, generally, it wasn't super secure information. You know, their office phone number, what office they're in, their internal email, that type of stuff. At least that's what Blizzard is saying was uh, taken. Although initially they said, hey, we bottled this up nice and quickly, and they never told employees until last week when all of a sudden the spreadsheets of that information were showing up online saying Activision's lying. We did get this information. Then they finally had to tell employees. Tell your employees that their work contact information may have been compromised. It might help when they start getting phishing and spam requests. <laughs> and they're not sure if they're legit or not because they look legit. They're coming from internal emails. They're coming from partner emails. They should have been notified. They absolutely should have been notified. Uh, go ahead, Troy. Dub bomb to mounts coming to New World. Giddy up, baby. He's like, yeah, I covered the whole thing. <laughs> 
Mounts. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? 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 There's mounts. There's mounts. Did you say mounts? Did you say mounts? Uh, from the viewers, we've got Old Glory chiming in. Dub bomb for a new PC. Got it this week. Congrats. A bomb for work. Have not played money games on it yet. <laughs> Been there. Been there, my friend. Go ahead, Q. Lots of feedback uh, on things from last week coming up here. <laughs> All right, uh, Alan MOO. Uh, executives take big bonuses when the company is doing well. Makes sense to me to cut their bonuses when the company isn't doing well. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think any of us on the show were arguing against you know, the fact that they should not cut their bonuses. The I think our argument was that it was not done. <laughs> it was done in a way to make it appear equitable while absolutely not being equitable across the board was all. Uh, what do you got in chat here? Takao, did you add something? All right, I'll take Takao's in chat before you, Troy. Takao says, A-bomb to the DOD changing policy so that civilian employees in Japan can't get health care on bases now. Lots of people now have to get private service in the country, and some places won't see foreigners. Uh, foreigners. Man, that sucks. I did not know. I mean, I'm not generally on the DOD communications list. Uh, so I, <laughs> I wouldn't have known that to begin with, but man, that, that really does suck. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, Corey V at least the day before, isn't as big of a scam as the half billion dollar eight year scam. That is star citizen. You know, every time I, we talked about the day before I was waiting for the star citizen comments. So I'm glad Corey V did not disappoint. Uh, they finally made it. They finally made it. Uh, Jow says, I just hope final fantasy 14 won't get to the same sorry state of world of Warcraft raids. I still can't believe that to be competitive, raids employ custom mods and one extra player. That is just there to keep people coordinated in the actual raid. Baffling. Uh, so on that second part, most of the prog high-end world first prog Final Fantasy XIV raids probably do have a spotter or a watcher as well. Um, to my knowledge, they do. Yep. And in fact... Um, <laughs> This time around and in multiple races in the past, yeah, they were employing custom mods. And so if that is the sorry state you're referencing, those two things, we literally just saw that with the most recent Ultimate World First race. Completed using mods and, of course, a spotter. In fact, it was the spotter who was... <laughs> the video footage was the spotter using the mod to zoom out the camera. Yeah, anyway. Go ahead, Q. <laughs> uh Gitmall 69 if Final Fantasy 14 advertised some actual PvP and did something about the bone dry start, I might actually stick with it. But yeah, it's real dry. Yeah, they ain't doing shit about PvP. Uh, they just aren't. I mean, Crystal, the Crystal conflict was like the biggest thing that they're going to do. And that's either going to succeed or not at this point. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're not going to advertise in any way, shape or form. The game is a PvP game. Uh, now, the Bone Dry Start, they have done some work on that. I'll agree with you that it is still a bit of a slog, not as much as it used to be. It's not nearly that bad anymore. Trust systems going all the way through Heavensward have also kind of improved the the pace at which you can work through that stuff. So if you haven't done it in a while, I'd maybe give that portion another shot. They've cut like 13% of the main quests from 0 through 50, 0 through 60, so... Maybe it's a worth a shot. Yeah, it changed a lot of the dungeons and stuff too. Like every time I go into a dungeon with somebody who played before, they're like, "Wait, this is nothing like what it was." Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, if on that second point, maybe give it another shot. 
Question of the week last week, what was your underrated MMO or multiplayer game that uh, everybody listening to this podcast or watching the show this week should check out and why? Old Glory chimes in with the underrated MMO for me would probably be Cabal Online. When I played it with friends, it felt different than others, not just in looks and audio, but theme and classes. I really felt like a tank, could not die in dungeons, but at the same time had no damage. That's why I was disappointed with Cabal 2. They went more to a generic MMO style and failed. I remember Cabal 2, us covering that, that as it was a coming uh, an upcoming game for years. For years. Mike, you have any news on Cabal 2? No. No. Soft has not reached out to me. No. No. Do you have any news on Cabal 2? No. 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 And then it came out, and within like four weeks, everybody was like, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm out. Go ahead, Q. Uh, it's called 23.99. As crazy it is for me to say this, I might have to go with Final Fantasy 11. As a known 11 hater, I do remember that the jobs at least felt unique as opposed to the ones in 14. Playing 14 this past decade has made me realize that classes feel different. Feeling different is a big deal. Uh, me praising 11 for something who the hell saw that one coming i certainly did not but it is well absolutely welcomed go ahead troy finish it up uh, breckner catalan never grind online the game's not amazing but it would be awesome if we had more games like it online multiplayer first person dungeon crawler rpg with real-time combat just running randomly generated dungeons is always fun no matter the game I agree. I agree. It's one of one of the I you know maybe not randomly generated to the extent that you're talking about, but that's what one of the things that's interested me so far about Wayfinder is. Hey, I, I love running dungeons. Here's a game where I just run the dungeons. <laughs> like, forget the rest of it. Just go run dungeons. Have fun. All right. See, there's there were a lot of games like that that came out that I really liked, and they just they don't even exist anymore to the point that I don't even remember what the hell their names were. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you would recommend them as underrated MMOs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just gone. Question of the week this week. What's your favorite MMO or MMORPG memory? Was it raiding with a friend uh, or a loved one? Was it meeting someone online that's now part of your real life? What, like, what is the great... Maybe it's just the first time you walked out into that wide open MMO world, right? We all remember that, right? The first time you, like, rolled into Stormwind. Like back in the day, what is your favorite memory? Let us know in the comments below. Don't worry about it being too long or too short. If it's too long, you type away. Put a whole page there. It's fine. I'll edit the good bits for the show portion. But rest assured, we're reading all of it. Uh, that's going to do it for us today here on the Always Online podcast. We will, of course, be back next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern here on twitch.tv slash MMOBomb. Until then, Troy, where can everybody find you? On the socials at the Noob Fridge, baby. Cute. Sorry. <laughs> uh, on Twitter at Quintland. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at MMO Bomb, so you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, stream, post a giveaway, interview, first look video, news, and so much more. Until next week, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Bye.